All right, we were all very quick to write off the whole idea of Patrick Cantlay not wearing a hat at the Ryder Cup as hearsay after some of the interviews with Patrick immediately following the Ryder Cup. However, recently, Mike, there's been some new evidence that's been emerged. Mm -hmm. uh, there is certainly, this is not, there's some people who are not going to go down without swinging a bit. And specifically, we've got some quotes today that bring a little bit more light to what exactly Cantlay said and maybe what some of his motivations are. But I think even more importantly is this idea, it's an age old question. This has been going on for decades now of whether or not Ryder Cup participants should be paid. And before you immediately write this off of saying no, mm. right? And I, I think we've got some of our own opinions on that as well. But before you immediately write that off, I did some digging and I wanted to see what about some of these other international competitions? What about the President's Cup? Yeah. What about the Olympics? Right. Are they paid? Yeah. <laughs> I found up some stuff that I never knew before. All right. Let's put it that way. So we're going to dig yeah. into all okay. of that. I want to bring everybody up to speed, yeah. though. So we've got, like I said, we've got some quotes. We've got some things that went down. And to bring anybody who might have missed it up to speed, where this all kind of started, and, and Patrick Cantlay, it was very visible that he was not wearing a hat at the Ryder Cup. This is a guy who does wear a hat regularly on the PGA Tour. Now, I think we all know that guys are paid to wear what they wear. Absolutely. Uh, he's certainly paid to wear that hat, mm -hmm. uh, whereas in the Ryder Cup, he's not. So there's immediately this idea of it possibly being a bit of a truth to it. Um, but what it goes back to was this was originally a tweet by Jamie Weir that really kind of set this all off. And it, it, the way how fast Twitter moves, as we know, if you watch the Ryder Cup, it got to everyone real quick. Yeah, it sure did. I it mean, did. we saw them mm. waving the hats uh -huh. out there instantaneously. Uh -huh. So basically, I'll, I'll put the tweet up here so you can read it. Uh, again, this is kind of the older news. I want to give you guys some of the new stuff. But if you missed it, he basically was saying that, uh, you know, the, the reason he's not wearing a hat was because that he was unpaid. Uh, he's talked about the, the team room being very fractured. He also said something in here interesting. He said he wore a cup at, he wear a, a cap at last year's President Cup for which players are paid. Now, I want to dive into that a little bit because there's some nuances to that. Mm -hmm. um, and you got to mention he was not wearing a hat the year before at Ryder Cup whistling. Right. Okay. Right. And we'll talk about why he said that he didn't wear a hat. But also, th there's a lot of reporters that are involved here, whether it be Jamie Weir, uh, Steve Sands, who you're going to hear more from. Mm -hmm. These are not kind of fly-by-night reporters. These are guys who've been around for a long time. They're guys who the... The players are very comfortable yeah. with being there. Familiar faces to them, very week in, week out. Exactly, mm -hmm. and I think familiarity breeds this comfort where you're going to say some things that you and know, joke you, and whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, what we had recently, and the new evidence that's emerged, is a. It, it, there was a recently there was a column done by Michael um, Bamberger for the Fire Pit Collective, and he digs into this a little bit more. So I want to read that quote, and I want to get into it uh, in just a second. But understanding first, there, there's the first thing, because what we're trying to do here is clearly build a case of who to believe. Right. Right? So we need to know a little bit of the facts. So let's bring you up to speed on some of the facts. So how does that the money really work for both the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup. So for the Ryder Cup, there is money that's exchanged 
but it goes to charity. But so, does it go to the player to go to charity or just go straight to the charity? So what they do is, it, in it, speaking specifically of the most recent Ryder Cup, $200,000 goes directly to the charity of the player's choosing. So, for example, Patrick Cantlay has the Patrick Cantlay Foundation, which supports junior golf and first responders um, programs. Mm -hmm. Those are paid directly. Um, when you look at, and this is where it kind of muddied the water, when you look at the President's Cup, and this is according to ABC News, they said for the 2022 matches at Quail Hollow, players and captains were given $250,000 without stipulation of where it goes. So, so it was a payday for them. Seemingly, but the tradition, uh, the history is that that money goes to charity. Mm. So again, we have to establish, and you guys let us know in the comments who to believe here. I pulled a quote directly from the President's Cup website, specifically, and I'm sure now everybody wants the information out there of who gets paid and who does not, sure. because the questions are being asked. According exactly to the President's Cup website, they said the President's Cup is a unique golf event in that there's no purse or prize money. Players are not paid for their participation, but each competitor allocates an equal portion of the funds generated to charities of his choice. So a little bit of a disparity there. Mm -hmm. So the reason I'm bringing this up is I first want to understand, can we, can we validate or invalidate the original quote from Jamie Weir based on one statement in there. He said he wore a cap at last year's president cup for which players are paid. Right. I'm wondering, is that true uh -huh. based on what we have here? To me, it would be kind of shady for you to take that $250,000 and put it in your pocket. Sure. Right. Right. But you got to think guys do it. It could they? I mean, they seem like they're all upstanding dudes. Sure. Uh, they've got more money than But they no one's need. policing them with that payout. Right. But he, the only difference from what I'm reading into it here, the only difference is that in the President's Cup, the money is going to the player and the player is giving it to the charity. Versus, nuanced, Ryder Cup, the money goes directly to the charity of the player's choice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So... Interesting why it's this all goes okay. down. Mm -hmm. Jamie Weir, um, he, the tweet heard around the world. Everyone's waving the hats. We all saw it. They want Cantlay's response, right? So Cantlay uh, was asked many times, many different reporters. Some of the quotes, you know, first one Cantlay said, There's not a shred of truth in the article that just one journalist wrote. So he's harping on this is just one voice, right? right? He says, It's crazy that one journalist can put out a tweet out there totally unfounded with complete lies and the crowd ran with it. Now we all know it didn't really affect Cantlay's play. Of course. Well. He was one of the best on the team. Yeah. And he used it as motivation, mm -hmm. if anything else, to play better. Now that Cantley was asked then, what was the reason for not wearing the hat? Now here's where again I am trying <laughs> yeah. to see if I can if I can build credibility amongst these guys. Cantley's response to not wearing the hat was saying that it did not fit. That's why he didn't wear the hat. He's saying the same with the last Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. But the President's Cup had fit. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. Right? So now I'm thinking, I know and I've seen what kind of money goes into the apparel for the Ryder Cup. Yeah. 
Uh, I wouldn't totally. be the slightest bit surprised if every single hat worn by those guys out there was custom sized to their heads. Mm-hmm. I personally find it very hard to believe that they couldn't find a hat that fit Patrick Cantley, especially if you really did have this problem two years ago, whistling straights. I think you put your best man on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, you'd seriously. find a hat that yeah, fits Patrick. I can't believe that either. So again, trying to see punch holes of what's true and what's not. So here's where things get much more interesting. So this is this is more recently, and now you're going to have these guys like um, these guys like Steve Sands, these guys like Jamie Weir. They don't want to lose their credibility of their entire right. career over this. So these guys, like I said, they're not going down without a little bit of a fight. So this is a, re- a recent column. This is the one that's kind of been making the news cycle the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It's kind of bringing some new stuff to light. I'm going to read you a snippet here from this latest column from the Fire Pit Collective, which brings a little bit more information into it. So uh, the snippet goes, on the Friday morning of the 2023 Ryder Cup, Patrick Cantlay emerged from a temporary tunnel underneath the first tee bleachers and into the bright sunshine of Rome on a warm September day. He was not wearing a hat. Normally, he plays golf in a hat, but Hatgate, as the buzzword of the 44th Ryder Cup, uh, did not exist this just yet. So Steve, this is where Steve Sands comes in. No hat, Steve Sands, the veteran NBC reporter and interviewer said upon seeing Cantlay. Sands en- uh, enjoys a good rapport and a casual ease with uh, scores of PGA Tour players. Cantlay, 31, and all, an eight-time tour winner is among them. So Cantlay did not blow him off. I'll wear a hat when I'm paid to be here like he is, Cantlay said. He motioned in the direction of Julius Mason, a longtime PGA uh, of America public relations executive, standing in the vicinity of Cantlay's response to Sands. Um, standing in the vicinity, Cantlay's response to Sands was shared with me by three Americans who were at this year's Ryder Cup in different official capacities. I was not there. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the writer uh, Bagmer, uh, Bamberger. He said. There were slight variations in the exact wording of Cantlay's response. In one version, for instance, Mason was cited by name, but there was no material difference in what was quoted as he was uh, as saying as he walked onto the first tee. So hmm. here's something very interesting. And there's a lot to unpack here. And I'm going to invite you guys in the comments to share your opinions, share what you believe to be true because we have to apply a certain degree of guesswork to this the first guess is did he say it or did he not say it now what you're hearing is that there are multiple people who heard it this is clearly something that was an area where only the news and media was it was that tunnel leading from one spot to another but multiple media and news guys were out there um i also have to think what would be the motivation to make it all up right yeah what would be I had heard the original, when it originally happened, I had heard a couple people speculating that this was the European media just trying to get under the skin of the U.S. team Mm -hmm. and to, you know, uh, as a tactic to win. However, that would have only backfired because he only played better using in his motivation. Right. Clearly. Right. Clearly. My second question then is, if it was said, did he really mean it? Or was it a joke that didn't land very well? That's what I think it is. I think it was just Cantlay's probably, I don't want to say lack of humor, because we know he's kind of a dry personality guy. Right. Just with a like, yeah, I'll wear a hat when I'm paid like this guy. Meaning like, you're all here doing your job earning money and I'm just here playing. Right. 
And that's how it came across, but he maybe he didn't mean it like that. Or it could be that there's a part of it, like that's a shred of it. Maybe there's a shred of frustration there. Maybe. Now you're talking about... Because there's been a pattern. Right, and, and, and there's no denying that the Ryder Cup brings in a lot of money. Sure. Broadcast rights, there's no denying. Mm-hmm. We all love seeing it, why we love the game, game gives back, a lot of it's donated to charity, right? So that's great. But there's undoubtedly people who have to physically put the event on who are going to make something. You know what I mean? You're talking about people who are not millionaires like the players. Mm -hmm. Uh, The cameramen are paid to be there. Uh, You know what I mean? This is a public relations, um, you know, he's a person who's working in public relations. He has a job. His job is to get eyeballs on the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So he's going to be compensated. As far as I'm concerned, somebody like that is not going to donate their time for free yeah. as a player might be who's participating. So maybe there was a frustration in Cantlay that some people are paid and some are not. And I can't quite say whether that, that's justified or, or it isn't. It's tough to say. Like, Well, I, I mean, everyone, it feels like everyone's paid. Even forget about the, the reporters and the people who are there. How about their team, their coaches, their staff that come with them? Well, he has a good point. So, like, like they might the also be paying. Pay, everyone's getting paid except the guys who are performing on the course. So, what you're saying is, let's say, for example, that's his players, A player's coach, a player's uh, fitness guy, a player. Yeah, like a Mark Blackburn there for Homa, he might be getting paid. He's still paying his because coach he's working. To be there. He's, he's there. the only guy who's doing everyone this around for me charity. is getting paid, but me, and that might be his frustration. Right. Which is poor, and I'll weigh in on that opinion in a sec. Uh, but well, here's the thing. My take is then okay, because these guys make more money than is conceivable to us mere mortals mm-hmm. does that mean that they shouldn't get paid still no it's a tough yeah, call right you know what i'm saying yeah I, I understand like it would be harder to take the pay away from but, the cameraman who's correct. probably making a hundred thousand dollars a year and has to go to italy and, and and work the event versus a guy like Cantley who has tens of millions of dollars mm-hmm. doesn't need more money also these guys are very much taken care of they're I'm sure every accommodation is taken care of. They are brought there. They're not paying any of that out of pocket. So there's a, an element of asking yourself, is there greed here? There might be, because there's always going to be people who see it as it's never enough. My time is worth this no matter what, no matter how much I have. If I'm there, you're paying me. And there's a lot of celebrities or famous people or athletes who, who are like that, unfortunately. Right. So, well, let's, let's, I'm curious to hear about the Olympics. So let's take the Olympics on really quick. Cause I want to just set a baseline and then I want to really just give an opinion and dig in here of whether or not we think that these guys ultimately should be paid. And, and just to kind of, to kind of recap here, it it really comes down to who do you believe? You know, now we're hearing that multiple people heard Cantlay say it. If he said it, does that mean he meant it or was he it's something that was in jest, just mm-hmm. saying it uh, maybe out of a bit of frustration that some people paid on or not? And then this whole idea of Cantley saying the real reason he didn't wear a hat was because it didn't fit. Kind of a that's a tough one to believe because of all the money that goes into it. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, let's just quickly think about outside of golf, other international sports. The first one that comes to mind, the big one, would be the Olympics. I'm immediately thinking. That's the one you're playing for honor. You don't get paid. Now, I pulled this directly from the sporting news to get an idea of what, because there's not as much transparency in this as you think. And before you do that, you don't just show up to the Olympics. You have to qualify. Yes. All right. Just same way you have to qualify for the Ryder Cup and all that stuff. So you're not just knocking on doors. You got to make the team. Right. 
Right. Okay. You have to make the team. Now, what is similar to the Ryder Cup is that your accommodations are taken care of. Now, we've seen some of, in the recent years, some of the, uh, uh, what, what has happened with like accommodations being terrible at some of these Olympic villages. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not the way these guys were treated with galas and things like that for the Ryder yes, Cup. Yes, the Ryder Cup players are treated very nice. Their treated, benefit packages are wonderful. They're treated very well. But players, in, I mean, any type of Olympian is that usually, depending, it's depending on their country, different countries have more money than others. And if their country can afford it, they're obviously sending them there. They're putting them up. They're taking mm-hmm. care of that. Because a lot of these guys, guys and gals, they have jobs. They're right. not even professional athletes, all of them. Right. So a lot of them, they have to take time off from work. And, and there's, there's different ways that they help with compensation for that. But generally across the board, or I should say specifically across the board, Olympic athletes are not paid for just attending the Olympic events. So in other words, you're an Olympian, you get a spot, you go to the Olympics, you're there for a couple of weeks, you are not paid a dime in any type of salary or otherwise to be there. However, if an athlete earns a medal, there is a medal bonus attached Ah, to it okay and it's it's not it's significant money right especially for people who aren't necessarily professional athletes a gold medal is worth thirty seven thousand five hundred dollars jeez so take home home three gold medals and you're you're making it's a hundred grand yeah exactly uh a silver twenty two thousand five hundred dollars and a bronze medal is fifteen thousand dollars so of course, there's the incentive, and you can you can you hear it over and over and over and over again to the point where it's cliche, but it's true. You're playing there for your country. You want to represent your country. You're standing on that podium for your country. But if you compete and win, there's a little extra for you. Right, there is, and you can even extrapolate this out even further. You can argue there's a lot extra for you. Think about the guys who scored Wheaties. Uh, of course, endorsements. Think about like the Michael Subway Phelps's endorsements. Like, yeah, his thirty-seven thousand times his bazillion medals. Right. There's nothing compared to his endorsements. So you but. could make an argument even on any international sport, whether it be Ryder Cup or anything. Your performance there is no doubt tied to you making more money. If you are the Ryder Cup hero and they come home carrying you on their shoulders, mm-hmm. there is no doubt that your agent is has that in his mind the next time he goes for a contract signing. 100%. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So you make some more money. There's, there's, the, there's no doubt about that. But- this presents another opportunity or an interest of saying, I know the, there's everybody's out there playing with a ton of heart. They want to win the Ryder Cup and bring it home for Europe or for the United States. But what if there was some sort of purse? What if there was a situation where maybe there was $10 million? I mean, now, now they're playing week in and week out on the PG Tour for $20 million, Right. Right? I'm sure with sponsors and all those types of things, they could bring in some cash. Mm-hmm. If there was a purse... Uh, let's say it was twelve. Make it nice and even. Twelve million dollar purse. So the the winners each get walk home with a cool mill. I was even fifteen. Maybe give the captains a little taste. Right. <laughs> you know but what, I mean? what I'm saying is like let's say let's say it is like a cool mill. Whatever it is. Yeah. Captains right. get a little taste. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people who argue that Zach shouldn't get a dime. Get a dime. Yeah. Right. right but that's right. another ta- st- day for another. Like maybe story. the winning captain gets a mill too. Right. Luke Donald. Yeah. So imagine that. Hold in your mind this idea that the winning team takes it home. The losing team. Goose egg. Yeah. Zero bucks. It's interesting. And it's something I want to debate. Let's take a quick break. Let's do a word from our sponsors. And then I want to come back and I want to talk about that. For the best in the world, the goal is to improve every day. 
Same goes for all of us dedicated to this game, and it starts with choosing a golf ball that you can trust. The Titleist Pro V1 and Pro V1X have to set the standard for performance, and both are engineered with high-gradient core technology that delivers lower long game spin for exceptional distance and consistent flight. And of course, you can expect the trusted drop and stop greenside control, so important to shooting lower scores. Now, the Pro V1 is the best combination of distance, spin, and feel in the game. It delivers that penetrating flight. The Pro V1X, it flies higher, spins more in the short game, but it still gives you that low spin on longer shots to maximize your distance. So, outperform your best and learn more about the Pro V1 and Pro V1X at Titleist.com. All right, the cold is coming, but you can conquer it with Thermo Series from FootJoy. It's the most advanced layering system in the game of golf and outside of golf, to be honest with chilly you. Chilly out there this morning. I mean, chilly this morning. I mean, this is my this is my pumpkin patch gear. This is going to be my tree, Christmas tree cutting down gear. On the course, off the course, it's Thermo Series bundles up. I mean, you're almost like sweatingly comfortable out there, which is great. You're warm. And Thermo Series, what's great, it offers a range of distinct layering pieces. Right. So if you are sweating out there, you delayer. You delayer. We great. did that at Catanzas. great system. Yeah. yeah. And we had that light little piece from uh, the Thermo Series underneath for just like a, like a warmer day with a little bit of a breeze so different conditions it's designed to be worn all together like frank just said you could just kind of we strip down and we start bulked up when it's cold and we right. kind of delay as we go i mean it allows you for that that effortless uh, swing through nothing's kind of constraining you it's not bulky uh and that's very important because you want that full range of motion when you're on the golf course even when you're all bundled up and you're warm don't want the golf game to suffer while you stay warm so go to footjoy.com check out thermo series uh as the day evolves you evolve with it all right, guys, I want to talk to you quickly about Ripstick. Mike and I are actually right in the middle right now of doing some Ripstick training. Uh, we're going to report back to you guys. We're going to do a, a, an entire 30 days with Ripstick, and we're going to measure and see. I hit some big numbers the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw that. <laughs> we're we're going to see what swing speeds we can do and what, how we can improve us. So we are putting it for the, to the full test, but I will say very impressed with the system so far and it's something that i'm going to be using for quite some time now and why is ripstick the ultimate training aid well it's because it has eight different weight combinations all in one stick i can't even tell you how convenient yeah. that is i keep the ripstick in my bag now i don't have to carry around multiple sticks so you can quickly switch between that underload and overload training it's really just a fancy way of saying swinging more weight and less weight but it's so key to speed training uh, and what makes that speed training even easier is that the ripstick team has a free app so it's available for both Android and iOS, and it provides step-by-step -step guide. It holds you accountable to that speed training journey. I mean, if you've ever done any, like a weight loss or something like mm -hmm. that, sometimes accountability is what you really need, yeah. and I love that. I go in, it tells me what I need to do that day. At the very end, we measure, and we watch that graph of how much swing speed I've picked up. So like I said, we're, we're shocked at how little time it takes. It, it, we've been doing it regularly. It's 15 minutes three times a week. Uh, and right now with every purchase, Dr. Lou, Luke Benoit, he's the founder of the company. He'll provide a free swing analysis, which is a $90 value. So the idea behind this is to help you not only hit it farther, but hit it straighter as well. So use code GOLFICITY. You get 20% off site-wide. It's a very affordable swing speed system. And like I said, that free app is really worth its weight in gold. So get out there, start hitting some bombs today. Okay, so look, the story, the reality is the story's not over yet. I mean, with this most recent recent column in the Fire Pit Collective, it shows that a lot of of, of the people who had heard, quote unquote, heard uh, Patrick say that are not just, you know, let it sweeping it under the rug. Uh, there, there's there's mm -hmm. some more statements mm -hmm. we made. And and I, I don't 
I don't see other than a, a real conspiracy theory. I don't see any reason for somebody to completely make that up. Right. To me, if if I'm guessing at what I believe some sort of truth here is, is that I believe something was said. Mm-hmm. I just I believe it was in, probably in, in jest in some sort of way. Yeah. You know, I believe that maybe there was a frustrating or or moment, or maybe it was like an attempt at a, a joke. Um, but for someone to outright make it up, it seems that seems like a, a hard one to believe. But it really leads down to the question is, and, and we know something that in future Ryder Cups it will continue to come up. Oh yeah, is should these guys truly be paid? What, what is your thinking? I think they should. Um, well, first, let me back up and say I think it's an absolute honor and privilege to be you know, be selected on that team. And I think when you go, I, I think money should have, have nothing to do with it. Yeah. I think it's an end-of-the-year thing. Your season's over. This is an opportunity for a one – could be for some guys a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Yep. With that being said, I love the idea of the earning money for your performance, the Olympic model. I love your like analogy of a guy's winning like a purse, a million dollars each. I mean, I just did some quick research when we were on that quick break. Even the MLB All-Star Games, it said $640,000 prize pool, and there's 32 players on each side, and each person gets 20 grand uh, on the winning team. Yeah. It's 20 grand. I mean, it's not going to make or break these guys. But it just shows them like you 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 won something for being there and competing. Right. I mean, maybe a million is blown out for these guys. Maybe maybe the two hundred thousand each, like that same number instead of charity. It's like these guys will play for it. And like President's Cup, if they want to donate it, let that be on them. That's my take. Yeah, and and I think what's so interesting here is that at the end of the day, we've heard so much about money over the past two years now with mm-hmm. live. It's become a bit exhausting. And I think the last thing that I would love to see, <laughs> I'd like to see, wherever you want to say it, the last thing I'd like to see is the Ryder Cup become involved with that, that purses become so inflated Begin. that now it's either like have a massive purse or no purse at all. You know what I mean? Those are only the polarizing ways to do it. The last thing I'd want to see is that the Ryder Cup try to keep pace with that, bring on a bunch of sponsors, and bring the, it to a $20 million purse. $30 million, right. something crazy. I don't want to see that. Right, I know. There's a certain degree of, I love being a spectator of something that's played for pride. It's why I like watching the Olympics. Mm-hmm. It's why I really enjoy watching things like the U.S. Amateur. You know, yeah. arguably even college golf. The guys who are out there playing for that that pride, it, it, it's a lot to me. And, and, and I, I think at the end of the day, no matter what you made the purse, as you said, these guys are going to play for pride either way. They mm. want to win for their... Yeah. It, it, it reminds me back to Rory McIlroy's evolution. If you remember the quotes that that he now has his foot squarely in his mouth and he mits it over of his first Ryder Cup of saying, like, I don't know what the what the big deal is about. As yeah. a young kid. Right. And then at Whistling Straits in tears. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy who's got more money than him or five generations following him is ever going to have to think about or worry about. Right. Right. He's got as much money and a and, and million dollars to him is not going to make a difference either way. Right. They're playing for pride. Mm-hmm. And I don't think no matter what ends up happening, if a small purse is, is involved or it's not, I don't think it's ever going to change that for these guys. And the tr- proof of that is the Closest proof we have for money is the number of guys, including Patrick Cantlay, who has not been vocal against Liv in any way. If anything, he's gotten been, been a bunch of non-answers. Yeah, but all of them, when the the idea of the 
the, their status for possibly making the team was it called into question if they joined Live. It was on all of their minds. And sure. He, he expressed as such. So if money really was the number one driving factor, you would have taken the huge payout that Liv undoubtedly offered you and said, if I, if that gets me off the team, it gets me off the team. Right. There right. are guys who stuck around and arguably are making less money, even though they're making a lot of money, they're making less money so that they could still play, guaranteed to be able to play on that Ryder Cup team. Mm-hmm. So... Do I think it'll change anything? Not necessarily. If there was a purse, do I think it would harm anything? If there was a small purse, not really. But I, I you know, I, I think that doesn't matter either way. I just think that either way, we got to get everybody on the same page. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And because if, if even this little bit caused a little bit of fracturing in that room, mm-hmm. let's say Cantley, let's speculate that he joked that way. I could see there being some guys on the team be like, man, why are you making that joke? Yeah, don't That's do not that. not the joke to make. Don't you know? do We're that. out here playing. So, and there were guys who backed them up and took their hats off. Right. So right. it's like it, it, they're trying to stand together as a team, but if that was the statement you wanted to make, I don't think it was the time or the place to do it right there in Rome. Yeah. I think if you really wanted to, let's let's bring up, let's let's have an educated conversation about this between years of the Ryder Cup. Let's sit down at the press conference and be like, hey, let's talk about it. Like, should they get paid? You know, like kind of how we're expressing it. Maybe there's some sort of system. Or is there some sort of disparity and unfairness is that some guys, like this PR relations guy, gets paid and the players don't get paid? Mm-hmm. We can have an honest talk about it, but it's just not the time or the place to make the joke about it if that's what was said. Yeah, right. But Cantley, don't forget, can't, you have to see what you believe because Cantley is coming out outright saying it's completely made up. It's completely not true. I did not say that. I didn't exactly. wear a hat because it didn't fit. Yeah, right. And you got to also keep in it. Just remember this, that certain people have different levels of humor and the way they deliver a punchline. Right. So Cantlay could have been like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it when, he, when I'm paid like this guy. Versus right. like a J2 who's like, yeah, hey, when I'm paid like this guy right now, right, okay. right. it's different. It's a good, like, one's a joke, one's like, wait, did he just say that? Right. So. For all I know, he could be just needling his buddy who got paid to being there or whatever. Right. Who knows? <laughs> right. I mean, everyone has been... At a gathering, at a party, when you know that one guy who just says the jokes that don't land, and yep. it just gets awkward for that's everyone. <laughs> maybe, that's not, maybe that's him. Yeah. I don't know. I can't say because we're not there. But what I can say is that by Patrick saying that it was made up and the team backing him up, it didn't. we thought it immediately put it to bed. This recent article, and I would encourage you to go read it at the Fire Pit Collective, has, has kind of brought our minds back to saying like maybe there was some truth to that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately what it wraps itself up in is saying – there's a conversation to be had here and let's no matter what the decision is let's all get on the same page yeah and i want to just kind of hit you with this because uh it's it's like i put you on the spot here how many live signings do we see this offseason now that people know that they'll get on Ryder cup they'll get in majors they'll get in president's cup but will they but will they because did you see the this is something we could do a whole other podcast on but did you see the recent news saying it looks like the agreement deadline is going to be pushed back oh okay didn't see that what i saw was that they need to get, and, and this has been a big struggle, they're getting the players on board. And I think it's the way that it was approached with the players were shocked with the announcement. Mm-hmm. The deadline that was set for the framework to be solidified was, was December 31st. They're now talking about pushing that back because they can't get all the players to get on the same page. Wow. If that gets pushed back, that means Live and the PG Tour continue to operate separately. And so long as they do, you're on live. There's no guarantee that you're on that Ryder Cup team, and you only get four at bats to like 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 Kepka did. Right, you got four at bats to make to make some points. Yep, and to make a shell. 
So I would say to me, it's too soon if you were on the fence, if you still really wanted that chance of Ryder Cup and President's Cup is run by the PGA Tour. So mm-hmm. don't even think about it. You got no shot. Yeah, no they're shot. They're still separate. If you're if you value being on those teams, I don't think they're making the jump just yet. Hmm. I think they're going to wait a little longer. And that's something we can certainly dive into in another episode. Make sure you guys subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and uh, you won't miss another episode. So we'll see you in the next one.